Hey guys, John here. Do us a big favor and everything. Smash that like button, smash that comment button. I actually have Will from Conversation About Dot 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 podcast. And a matter of fact, I'm actually glad he's here. We're going to be talking about Miss Marvel episodes five and six. So if you haven't seen it five or six yet, I recommend that you do so because it's going to be our spoiler warning. But further ado, let's go on ahead and get on with the show. Hey, Will, how you been doing? Doing well, doing well. Just excited to see where this next uh, this next land of Inhumans or other things uh, takes us. <laughs> Same, because I'll tell you what, I was not expecting the ending that we got for this. I was like, okay, so she helped uh, the big bad out and everything because of, the, because of the things that happened in the episode six. But we'll talk about that a little bit later because I wanted to dive into episode five. Right. But I didn't I didn't think that we were going to get the ending the way that we did. But I'm happy with the way they did it. But this is something that I really liked with episode 5. With us going back in time to 1942, when Asia takes refuge in the village where Hassan, an Indian independence activist, offers her food and shelter. And I was never expecting... Here's the thing. I like the fact that we went back into 1942 because it actually gives us some cohesive backstory into uh, her family's history. Yep. And that was really fascinating to me. And I wasn't sure if this was going to be like a backstory where basically we're just focusing on her. And then finally, whenever you see the very end of it where it blends in with a little bit of modern day stuff, it puts it into perspective of how they're combining the two elements. Well, also just the idea that uh, that the grandmother, uh, you know, described in the earlier episodes about how she was a, she was guided home on a, on a with a with a through a through a scalpel of stars, mm-hmm. and the fact that that Kamala actually was the one that provided the stars. And so it's really interesting when you see Aisha, you know, she's she's looking at the bangle and she's saying, you know, what's seeking, what you're seeking is seeking you. And the idea that she confirmed that with her coming in, that that was what she was looking for. She was looking for somebody that was going to be able to come in from a different world, from a different time that's connected to them, that would be able to guide her daughter home at that point. And then for her to say, protect the bangle. Because that was something that she needed to be reaffirmed, I guess. Because you look at earlier episodes, it's like, you know, she was, you know, of course, you had the other uh, lady who was uh, Cameron's mother, who was, you know, trying to find the bangle and all this other stuff and trying to convince Kamala to let them use the bangle to open up the portal home. And then them finding out that when that occurred, that what would actually happen, which was what something that Bruno had already talked about, I think, in episode three. You know, yeah, like, episode okay, three. Yeah, you open that up. You know, the power it's going to take to open up a portal for them to go back is going to destroy our world, you know. And we see the amplifications of it, right? Yeah, so we actually see what he was saying was 100% right at that point, that episode as well. So I thought that was really cool. They paid that off because then Kabbalah could get a reestablished faith in her friends because what she was still kind of pulled between these people, her people that are related to her and the ability she had and finding out more about herself and then the fact that you get this really sweet moment. And I love the fact that with this series, most of the MCU stuff prior to this was really more so about fathers and sons. I mean, there are moments with exceptions where you're dealing with mothers. Uh, Tony, you know, dealing with mom when Winter Soldier during Civil War. And then you had a moment with... um, with Thor, his talk to his mother, you know, when he goes back in the time trying to get the uh, get the gym. But overall, it's mostly father and son series. It really comes down to like the mom looking at her mother and going, "Maybe it's time you come back to live with us." And she's like, well, "You ran away. Why would I come live where you are? Like you ran. Like I didn't. I didn't go anywhere. Like you were the one that ran. You were the one that left. Right. You know. And so, but they were able to reconcile. And then the fact that her and Kamala are able to reconcile even more to that point where she says to her, "You know, I." 
it's that I love you and I don't know that I want to let you go. I'm holding on too tight, I feel like. And then her mom was like, well, I held on tight enough, too tight, or too tight. She's like, no, you didn't. I didn't see what I needed to see with you at the time. And so it's beautiful, this reconciliation that was occurring between these women and get Kamala get to see her mother really reestablishing a relationship with her mother. Exactly. It's kind of like this thing of you don't have kids, you don't understand until you have kids someday, right? So when she, of course, whenever she winds up ha- giving birth, she actually understands now what her mother's going through because now she has a daughter of her own and now she doesn't want to let go of her daughter and let her grow and be her own person because she's afraid that she might feel she might insecurities and stuff i like the fact that it's between mother and daughters this go around instead of father and sons and stuff like that like you said it's been played out through the mcu but the fact that they we even got that i think it's a beautiful thing to be honest and then, of course, I also, another thing I would have to say is that I really liked is the fact that you actually have a little bit of history of what it was like in India and how they were trying to get away from uh, everything in their own country just to get some freedom in their life. And the fact yeah. that they were trying to do what was best for their daughter um, at the time, and you actually get some heritage behind it, I thought it was really good. And let's see, Derpy Gaming says, I'm here for the quality 90s cartoon theme content. <laughs> we're going to get to that. We're going to get yep. to that. It's okay. We're going there. We're going to go there in a minute. We're going to go there. Also, it's real cool get a chance to, again, because, of course, Kamala does come back. And when Kamala comes back from this trip in the past, uh, we end up seeing Najma and all these people and this portal is going to open because of the strike to the, to the uh, bracelet. And so then, you know, the, the one person that's a lackey kind of goes up there. She just breaks down. And it's real interesting, too, because the way that process looked initially, it kind of reminded me of how Terra Genesis worked in the comics. If you, if for, for those of you who may not know, the Miss Marvel series, Miss Marvel in the comic books was an inhuman. And so basically the idea of Terra Genesis was there was a bomb, I believe Black Bolt and a couple other people were trying to stop getting set off. It got set off. And so people were going into Terra Genesis. They were going into these like really hard rock looking cocoons. And so they would come out after a period of time and they would have these abilities. Carol in, I mean, not Carol, but uh, Kamala, when she came out of the cocoon because she had a big of Carol Danvers while she was in it. So she comes out looking like Carol. So for a while in the comics at first, she very much looked like Carol Danvers. She thought that's what a hero looked like. So she kept looking like Carol. Matter of fact, when she saves the one girl, uh, that's when she saves her, but she looks like Carol Danvers with the stretchy ability. It's not later when Kamala kind of comes to her senses and goes, if I'm going to be a hero, I need to be, I need to look like myself. I I need to stand out on my own instead of being a copy of someone else. Right. And so eventually she transforms to look like herself. And that's when, you know, she starts really looking at her powers and things like that, which is interesting again for reasons I'm sure have been talked about to death about people talking about the change in powers from uh, her being there, you know, more of the skin and bone stretchy stuff as opposed to more of the light based stuff that we got to show. So there are some differences, but I do think the, the way they're going with it, it works. For sure. It definitely works for the MCU and their brand on what they're trying to do. Yeah, it's not going to be as great to comic book to film adaptation if you want that you might as well just read the comics instead right because that's one of the things i like about the mcu they change things up to benefit the universe that they're trying to create and i like the fact that you have a character like kamala where she's basically you know trying to find herself of trying to figure out what kind of hero she wants to be how to be authentic to where it's not mimicking or copying uh carol danvers yeah. and everything too and then i also 
like I said, this is our first introduction to the history of India and things like that, too, and focusing on her family and where they came from and their heritage. This is a very smart way of actually doing a TV series because we've never been introduced into this kind of world before. Right. Especially when you see your great-grandmother dying and right in front of her eyes. And, you know, I like how the conversation between the great-grandmother and Kamala uh, has that conversation. It's like, I know she's alive. I know my I know my daughter's alive because you're yeah. here, and that yeah. gave her some peace to the point where she can rest in peace knowing that her daughter's alive instead of wondering in the afterlife if her daughter made it. Or not. And then the fact that Kamala gets to help her grandmother get on get connected back to her uh, her dad, and you know she's like, I can't make butterflies, but I can't make stars, but I can make steps. And so she starts making the steps, and then as they're breaking apart, you see the little scatters that look like the stars. So I thought that was really cool how that worked. And then the fact that she's like, it was me, it was me uh let's talk about that ending though talk about okay. that yeah we'll go let's go in and talk about the ending so, so whenever i first saw the ending and the way that it had ended with kamala uh being carol danvers i thought that she just no no, no 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 i was talking about the ending of five i wasn't talking about the ending of six. Oh, sorry i was my bad I thought, that's okay yeah we're going to episode five uh, what, so, i'm just gonna make them black everybody you didn't hear anything you don't know nothing so sorry <laughs> so, <anyway. laughs> so okay let's backtrack on to back over to five so there was Bruno and Cameron <laughs> right. at Bruno's house because Cameron at that point had already had his mother's powers transferred to him before she closed up the gate. And then uh, he starts getting light-based powers similar to Kamala and of course not knowing how they work and all that stuff. And he ends up uh, basically he's talking to Bruno finally admits that he thought his name was Brian the whole time and that that's the reason he was calling him Brian. It wasn't it wasn't the jealous boys playing the games it was just him. He legitimately just thought his name was Brian. And you see, so I got, you see I got that mixed up too between Brian and Ryan so I'm, I get I got names like that mixed up because of how close together they sound so that's an easy mistake to actually make yeah so but i like the fact that he he actually says to bruno look man i'm not jealous of you or anything like that i just didn't know what what your actual name was yeah. so that's my bad dude i didn't mean for that to actually happen the way that it did but you can see the impact and the amplification of what's going on within his own body where his own body is actually rejecting the power of it and he's scared he's scared to death and of course you have the drone that ha- happens over at bruno's apartment and it makes everything blow up then yeah. of course Bruno also tells him that he was he, he doesn't have any parents either. He's basically an orphan as well. Right. So that so, that's something relatable that they can yeah. both connect. And the thing about it is that at that point, Cameron's not aware of what actually happened to his mother. He's just left alone because he's he's thinking I've got to get back to my mother. You know, and he's like, well, she left you. Did she leave you in a jail to be? And I said, yeah, but she left me because she needed to. But she she's not gone forever. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then of course the drone shows up, and of course they blow up the store. Which, of course, I'm sitting there going, like, the heck? Like, that's the end? Like, we don't even get to see, okay, surely Bruno ain't dead. Surely Cameron ain't dead. What the heck's going on? And it made me definitely want to, like, tune into the next episode just to see what happened to them. Right, because that was my primarily focus whenever I saw that ending. I'm like, whoa, okay, this had, like, a Spider-Man No Way Home kind of feeling. You know what I'm saying? Or Far From Home. It had that kind of flavor to it because of the yeah. way it ended on Far From Home where basically you see that cliffhanger. That had that kind of cl- same cliffhanger as well, especially when you look at the drone and stuff like that. Yeah. And of course, like, those drones are Stark Tech drones that were right. kind of copied from the stuff that was there. So like damage control has really uh, got a hold of a lot of that Stark Tech, man. And, and, and you know, people, I, I've heard people say, well, you know, how would Tony feel if Tony were alive? See that happen? I'm like, well, it's good that he isn't because I'm pretty sure if he was alive, 
five. I'm pretty sure he would be like the first guy in the suit going, uh, we got a problem. This is not what I created all this for. You know, you're blowing up buildings, you're doing all this stuff, and you're 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 hunting kids now with powers. What the heck is this? You know, this is the exact opposite of what I had in mind, especially now. I could see when if he was like an Iron Man one where basically he was like a rich snob douchebag and stuff like that before he actually had that transformation of that story arc and stuff like that yeah I could see him possibly doing that but now because you have that story arc he's not going to be like that and he's not going to even be playing with uh, damage control he'd be t- trying to fire them yeah. what's going to wind up happening I could see like, that becoming a bigger issue when they do the Armor War series mm-hmm. since Rhodey's going to be the primary person behind that I could see Rhodey almost being the guy surrogate to step in and be like why is the DOA taking all this stuff my man put together and try to hunt on but I thought the setup for this episode was really good, uh, especially whenever you have Kamala where she winds up trying to save him and stuff like that. And then once you see everything that he's doing and everything, he's scared. He's, and everybody's thinking, oh, he's just uh, trying to kill everybody. No, he doesn't understand what's going on within his own body to the point where this is new to him. Kamala yeah. can actually take off the amulet and everything and her powers are gone. Him, it's going through him, through everything else and causing damage and havoc and so i like how camilla goes into uh the little bubble that she created with them and she says look you can be you decide on what you want to be on what path you want to choose because i can't do that for you You have to do that yourself but i'll get you a 10 minute head start before damage control comes after you so she showed mercy on him and didn't try to turn him in so that's something that was actually really cool yeah well and also the fact that she says look your mother chose you your your mother made a sacrifice for your benefit i know you don't feel like because he kept saying you know they're never going to accept us. They're never going to accept me. They're never going to accept you. So why not destroy him or whatever? And I also felt like there was this real interesting duality because that first time when he had that big reaction in the middle of the uh, alley, you hear his mother's voice again calling his name. And so it's kind of that question of, is he going to slide to the dark side? Is he going to start feeling like, is he going to start feeling the way she felt about things? Or is she I think gonna so. make, he's going to make his own decision and, and be his own person? And that's part of the thing I thought was really cool. But then also so again, you got the the, the uh, damage control in the mosque. You got these people sitting there saying, "Look, you just described about a fourth of the people that are in this building, male and sixteen years old. You're gonna be here for a while." But you know, hey, my man made cookies. Have a cookie. You know, they were still trying to be diplomatic house, with them. Hospitality, trying to show some hospitality with them. And even though they were trying to be racist douchebags to me because of the fact that he goes, "Yeah, we're looking for someone that's Pakistani." Uh, Arab, stuff like that, and like, you just described everyone here, dude. Want a cookie? Yeah. And I like how, even though Damage Control is trying to be in charge and trying to overpower them, they're still trying to show some t- type of humanity within them and everything, and try to give them a cookie, try to just be warming and welcoming into their culture, in a, in a sense, you know? That's what I got out of it. I thought that was a really touching moment, in a sense, behind the, all the hostility. And also, it's really interesting, too, because Deaver uh, is the agent that was there. You know, Claire Larry later came to Deaver and said, look, get out of there. You know, you're in a school at this point because they had made it to the school. She said, get out of there. You're in a school. You don't have clearance to do this. And then she made a call. She basically was just like, no, call in everybody. Like, she basically went against that call. And I thought to myself, if we're going to do the marble, we're going into a secret invasion, I kind of wonder if maybe she's a scroll, And that's the reason why she's so interested in these kids. Like, I kind of wonder because it's like, as a regular human being, like, you don't have a motivation to directly disobey 
order, you know, in that regard. Right. Unless you see yourself as a bubble. And, and, and there may be something that plays out later. I know they weren't going to play it out then, but I thought that was interesting. And then also the young lady that came in that got saved by, and I can't think of names, but the young lady that uh, Kamala saved in the first episode. And how she kind of came out was just like, you know, when they're talking to, uh, walking to Nakia, and she says, well, all the people that know that Kamala... So wait, you knew that Kamala was Kamala. You knew that Kamala was her, and you didn't say anything. Why did you say anything? She's like, well, I feel like that Kamala could come out to people and tell people who she is in her so, own time, right? Yeah, which is really interesting because that character in the comics actually starts at a relationship with Nakia in the comic. And so there's that other idea, too, of her kind of not necessarily expressing her truth. You know, so there's that idea there that, that, that a lot of fans are just like, well, come on, Disney, make up your mind. I'm like, well, you know, we don't know if we're going to see a Miss Marvel suit. Right. Even the stars don't even know. Right. And I know a lot of a lot of the series that are out there right now, a lot of the Disney stuff, especially with the wars season's going off, they're not announcing that they're redoing new series because they're way kind of see if they can get nominated for those isolated limited series awards. Right. See where they're going. And, you know, even uh, the actress, I like the actress's uh, response to the whole entire deal with the uh, mutants and stuff like that because I don't know what Kevin has cooped up right now or anything like that. I'm just paraphrasing. I'm not going for verbatim. But all I have to say, it has to be good. So, yeah. you know, I'm excited about that. Um, Derby Gaming actually had something to say, though, too. The average MCU viewer are not ready for what they thought Infinity War and Endgame was emotional damage. Kevin Feige, hold my reference Easter eggs, inner secret wars. They're they're not ready. If yeah, and I thought what was really cool, and I'm, I'm going to be man enough to admit I cried when I saw this moment, when uh, Kamala, and of course, first of all, when she said it big, she actually got bigger. She actually got taller and had to her arms using the light to do it. And then she saves everybody from the car. You know, Bruno, of course, is lashing out. Uh, not Bruno, but uh, Cameron is lashing out. And like all these people are getting affected and then she like catches the vehicle that's coming toward her family and all these people and then later when the uh, damage control comes in to try to get to her after the bubble experience you know the mom and everybody runs up to Kamala and it's like, we're here with you. You know, you've got all right. of us here with you. And then the cops are like even standing up there like, uh-uh, you ain't... I love cool. that moment. I thought that I, was cool. It's like, you know what? It kind of reminds me of Spider-Man in a sense because of the fact that all the city of New York is for Spider-Man. Now you have all of that part of the uh, New Jersey atmosphere that's there for Kamala. Yep. And they're going to stand with her. And I thought that was a very touching moment. And I almost had tears coming out of my eyes though too, dude. Like, no lie. I was like, okay, this is such... A a sweet moment and a moment for Kamala to actually say, you know what? I'm a hero now. Yeah. Carol Danvers would be proud of me on what I'm doing. Well, and even that, you got to go back to when Mama in the old uh, dessert thing. And if, if you remember, when Kamala first found a bangle, it was in the old Terrible's box. Grandma said, okay. So then and I need to know when Mama had time to make her a whole outfit because she did that <laughs> and like had it in another one of the Caramel boxes. Right, because she had. was like so against it at uh, episode one. Then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we had a trip to India. We, you discovered who your grandmother, great grandmother was. I had a chat with your grandmother. You know what? And you also saved some people. So you, here, you earned the right to have a you uh, have a suit now that i just happen to have all this time packed away ready yep. for for you to use. so she she fixes food for bruno quickly and she compared to so i mean out just quick because you gotta remember too go back to the con when she was like okay you can go to the con she didn't just make a suit for her no. father she made a suit for kamala too where it could be the little mini hulk right and i'm like this woman over right here like i don't know what kind of power she has like this ain't standard mama stuff like, right <laughs> well remember what she 
also said too. She said, "I'm not going to let you run around like all these other little skimpy girls wearing yeah. tight suits and everything. If that's what you think that you're going to get, because that's not happening here." And then yeah. what does she do? She gives her a suit that's actually suitable for someone her age. Right. That's not tight. So that was a sweet moment and covers but, her properly. Yeah. Another thing I like is this. Remember whenever the family is gathered together and Kamala wants to go ahead and make the announcement that right. she's Miss Marvel, and she uh, just I just want to let you know I was the one. We know you you saved everybody. Yeah. Just how do you know? And I like how the brother breaks it down. Welcome to the world of gossip. She tells Becky. Becky tells Tom. Tom, Tom tells Becky, yeah. and and so on. And it's the social networking of women. So yeah, and then the fact that and then the fact that you know the the uh, sister in law was like, "Are your powers unlimited, or do you have to charge up every day, or something like that?" And that was almost a direct nod to Green Lantern, if you think about it. Because, mm. you know, of course, Hal has to charge the ring daily. And so for a lot of people who are making a comparison between Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, as well as Kamala, it's like, no, it's it's not a charge-up thing. I mean, yeah, she could burn herself out. She's not real careful, but... Especially with know. the amulet. If she uses the uh, overuse the amulet and just keeps using it, yeah, she can get burned out. But if she takes the amulet off and just rests or whatever, she's not going to burn herself out. Right. Because she doesn't have actual powers... Once you have that amulet off, it's gone. Well, no, because right? remember Bruno Bruno said in the episode two that the amulet just unlocked something that was in her. That's right. Already. So and will And her DNA yeah. was changing. Yeah. So that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I get I gotcha. And, and so we go through that. We go through that experience. She ends up basically even trying to save the save the people who were coming after her. Because like there's a point where of course she lets down the thing, they're all around her, and then she just kind of runs away. And then you get that oh my gosh another woman almost cried was when uh when her dad comes out and her dad is sitting on the step like, and that felt so 90s sitcom-y you know how that felt like cosby show era yeah. that felt like uh growing pains that felt like so many 90s shows where you had the had the mama and the daughter or the daughter and the father on the rooftop uh i mean even black lightning uses that trope where use that trope where they they would sit outside a lot of to talk on the roof and you know he tells her that you know um Kamala in this language represented perfect because they had been trying so long to have another kid. And then they had another kid and then she was considered perfect. But another translation of the name meant you are our Marvel. And you always were our little Miss Marvel. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I know that's not the way they did it in the comic books, but that so ties her again. It ties to the family. Right. Everything is connected within the family itself. And it makes it that much more powerful whenever she says that. And it's basically accepting her for who she is. Yeah. which is something that she's been wanting her family to do. And I just thought, thought it was a heartwarming moment. So yeah. are we ready to talk about the... Almost. Uh, so when she runs away, you know, she kind of she kind of jumps, jumps out of her coat. She kind of in her costume. She's got to go in it. You see the little steps. He goes, magic. And it reminded me of that scene in the first episode where she's looking at it and her mother's going, are you going to decide to be the normal girl that we raised? Or are you going to be something with a person dreaming, being dreams? And she says, Cosmic. And it kind of it kind of made me think about her dad seeing her the way she sees herself. And another thing that was really touching, remember back in episode one where the dad's like, oh, you know, we trust you. And she's and her mom's like, no, I don't. I don't trust her. And then flip that around in the last episode where she says, well, we trust her, right? He goes, yeah, yeah, we do. And it was a moment for them to come together, which I thought was really special too, because there was that thing. Dad was always kind of had her back regardless, but he knew that, you know, he loved his wife too. And he he, he wanted to make sure that they were good. So it was just interesting to see how that kind of turned around as we got to the end of the series. Exactly. Then, I thought that was really sweet. And then of course we get the moment where she's on the lamppost, very comic book image 
bench uh, when she's on the lamppost just sitting there. And then, of course, we get uh, Bruno. So we get Bruno in the car talking about Cameron. And, yeah, Cameron gave me the card. He's like, no, he didn't. And <laughs> they're arguing about it. I love it. And, I love the banter then, with that. But Nikita I do want to mention. got the keys all, as well, which I thought that was funny, too. I was like, man, Nakia's got some skills. She does. She definitely does. There is uh, another thing I want to mention. You know how you were talking about the lamppost when she's sitting up on there? That is like a very childlike thing that I thought was actually really cool on how much, yeah, she's changed and her story arc is great, but she still has that childlike behavior where it's like, da-da-da, I'm just going to sit here and just chill, watch everything happen. That's all. But I like that. But, you know, I definitely like how the series went. And then I'm wondering too, with, I wonder if, uh, what's, what's that character's? the character's name that uh, she saved. The villain. Yeah, Cameron. Cameron? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm wondering... Going with the red daggers at the end. He has a boy back yeah. to where they were and of course he meets the guy from the red daggers who... I qu- yeah, I had a question yeah. for you though. Do you think that he's going to be with them or do you think he's going to turn uh, after he works with them for a little bit and be like, you know what, this is not the path I want to go on. I'm just going to go on ahead and do my thing and that's it. Or, is, or do you think he's going to kill the red dagger? Here's the thing. In the comics, I remember that the red dagger was one person, not a whole group. Okay. Uh, uh, so that's first thing. Two, um, if we get a season two announced, it wouldn't surprise me because Cameron in the comics very much became a bad guy. Yeah. And so it's very possible that he could turn against the Red Daggers and maybe at this point, the Red Dagger calls her and says, I need help dealing with the past, with your past here because your boy is called, your boy is called Rogue. And then they have to go back to India for her to kind of deal with that aspect of it, try to talk him down because the idea of his mother transferring that power, I have a funny feeling has to do with the fact that he may have access to be able to open the portal she couldn't get open. Right. I had a, maybe it has to do with the both of them having to be there to open up the portal together or something. You know, but or, yeah. I would love to see a fight in India versus it being in the States because it's something different. It's like how we did with Moon Knight. I, I think that would actually be better because I like seeing fights not just in New York or New Jersey or in the United States. I like to see them spread out through different countries. That's just me. Yeah. Personally. So let's Bruno go ahead. Says, and, uh, <laughs> uh, basically says, uh, I've been running over checking over your stuff again and I noticed that what I thought originally about that bad power in you or whatever is rewriting your DNA. Not quite accurate. I feel like maybe what happened was that uh, there's something in your blood. You're different. Like there's a mutation or something. All of a sudden we heard the 90s X-Men theme song kick off. Okay, let me tell you this. I didn't even hear the theme song. So I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it It, because when I was doing my research, you know, to find out about if she's a mutant or if it was just the fact that she just changed into um, Carol Danvers. I was just thinking, okay, she just turned into Carol Danvers and that's it. But once I started researching this thing, I'm like, okay, I didn't hear the guitar from the 90s from the X-Men theme. So I'm going to have to go back because I didn't know about that. It was just a little bit of thing in the music cue. And it's it's, it's it's a little bit more orchestral, but it's there. It's like right as he says mutation. And so okay. he kind of flips it together. She looks at it funny. It happens. And then she kind of goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then they end up going off to Swarma uh, before he gets ready to go off to uh, Caltech. And so I would love to see a season two, if for no other reason, just to have Kamala show up on Caltech campus. <laughs> Me too. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be neat because I think the other thing they kind of did too was there was that brief moment with her and Cameron where they were going to kiss. And then Bruno just happens to run up on him and he's just like, oh, hey guys, you need to go. I'll distract him, but you need to go this way if you're going to get him where you need to get him. And it's kind of like that the whole thing and a question of where are they at? Because we really don't know. And of course, Fun Park, Shwarma, end of the first Avengers movie, where do they all go? They go to mm-hmm. Shwarma. That's kind of funny. That, that that's, that's the thing. Then of course, we get to the part you're talking about and I'll be honest and say I don't think that he tricked 
she transformed into Carol? I think that's why places. Okay, because I've because Kevin Foggy actually confirmed that they didn't just swap places. Oh wait, I did I missed that. So Carol. Yeah, okay, he confirmed. So, yeah, he confirmed it. He, she's actually a mutant. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He confirmed that part. I'm talking about yeah. the whole thing at the end where the the, the angle that the bracelet glows a different color, and then all of okay. a sudden it like she goes into the closet, busts the closet <laughs> and then busts out as Carol, oh. and she looks at herself. And she's like, no, 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 no. Because she's like, because right. here's the thing: for her to turn into Carol, she would still recognize her own room. She'd just be like, what? Like there's no mirror. There's nothing that showed her that she looked like Carol. Okay. So she looks around the room. All she sees is stuff with her on it. And she's looking around and she says like, oh, no, 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 no. And immediately runs downstairs. That's what I'm thinking. They switch places instead of they, she looked like, because if she had came back and she looked like Carol, she'd have saw herself in the mirror. She'd be like, why do I look like Carol? Damn it. I'm going to go face my mom now. You know what I mean? Like that would have been the way you ended that one. But I feel like with the way to brace it, because her, okay, again, in the comics, it was on stage where she came out of Carol Genesis and she looked like Carol. She knew she looked like Carol, but she made the conscious decision in her mind to look like Carol because she thought that's what a hero would look like. I feel like it's it's more of a swap because then they really were like, you know, Miss Marvel will return in the Marvel. So I'm like, okay, I have a feeling what happened was some kind of energy thing occurred and Miss Marvel is where Carol should be. And Carol is now in her her, her house. So they're going, the heck is it? <laughs> Where am I at? You know, because now Carol's got to go back to wherever she was. So, of course, it's funny because somebody made a reference to the fact that uh, Atuma has been shown from the Black Panther Wakanda forever movie. And also that the uh, Atlanteans, some of the, a lot of the Atlanteans are going to be blue skinned. So now, of course, the question comes to it, are we dealing with Kree Scroll or are we dealing with Atlanteans? Because maybe the other amulet is with Namor in there. That would make sense. In all honesty, they went down that road. You know, so, Dude. I mean, yeah, could be interesting. I mean, of course, it, it, like, like I said, yeah, she, yeah, she's definitely a mutant. There's no question about that. They stated that thing. That's what they're going with. But as far as the switch goes, I feel like that was more of a switch of two people positionally. Okay. Because, like I said, Carol, I could understand it if it is because uh, people, because a good buddy of mine said the same thing. He was like, well, uh, maybe, they, maybe she jumped and then came back looking like Carol Danvers. I'm like, well, at no point did she look at the mirror to know she looked like Carol. She knew she was Carol. I like the different look Carol had. I like the fact that she's got the fingerless gloves now with the different, with the arm with the exposed uh, arm. She's got kind of a side haircut that's a little bit different than the last time we saw her, which was in, I believe it was in Shang-Chi. Wasn't she? In, she was in, so I like the fact that we've got a slightly different look and then the fact that, you know, the Marvels, I think it's what, February next year? Yeah, the Marvels is next uh, February. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're going to get, of course, you know, we're going to get Wakanda Forever, which will probably give us, I think Wakanda Forever is the last, in Wakanda Forever, the last movie 2022. Yeah, Marvel. it's the last movie. So it'll give us, the, it will probably, if they do it the way they've been doing it, it they'll give us the tease in that movie to tomorrow. That'll be the next movie it leads into. Right. My question is this, though. Do you think that Wakanda would actually come out at the release date that it says, or do you think that they're going to hold back because of all the issues that they've been having? I hope we don't get, because the problem is they've, they've moved it a couple of times already. I'm like, at this point, I'm kind of like, okay, we're going to have a Mobius situation if we're not careful. You're just going to keep backing it up and backing or it up. Or Black Widow situation. Yeah, or, or Black, Black Widow situation where you keep backing it up and backing it up, and then from a timeline standpoint, it throws everything off. I'm like, just let it hit. If it's ready to go, let it go. You're already pr- producing promotional footage. You know, we've already been told that Winston Duke, who played uh, Umbaku, is going to have a lot wider role. We don't know if that means he's going to, is Shiri's going to be Black Panther for a little while, he's going to take it over. Uh, there's rumor that possibly that uh, they're going to reveal T'Challa and I think it's Nakia. I think that's another Nakia that's there. Uh, Pat, she's with child. And so she ends up having a child. And so that becomes the new heir of Wakanda. 
And so that's who ends up taking over the Black Panther mantle at some point. Uh, there's so many different things. I'm like, if you've got it ready to go, let's just let it go. You, you can't keep backing up timeline, do this stuff. If it's ready to go, let's get it out there. If it's not ready to go, it's not ready to go. Uh, some people have asked me about how I feel about them recasting Chadwick Boseman, recasting for uh, Black Panther. And I'm like, look, I can understand them not doing a full-blown recast for the character of T'Challa. But at the same time, I'm like, at some point, somebody has to be in the mantle. So somebody has to be in there. Whether that's uh, eventually the son of T'Challa or whoever. Whoever you're going to put in there, let's just put it in there, make the commitment and go. If you're going to have Shuri stay as Black Panther, let's do that. If you say, I'm going to have Shuri be there for a little while, and then she's going to help with the Young Avengers, MCU version of Young Avengers as their tech person, you know, you could do that. Uh, although, I mean, we're already getting Riri Williams in that movie as well. So, I mean, that, I mean, Riri could be your tech person, you know, as well. It just depends on how they want to play it. Uh, but overall, I mean, I feel like, I feel like this version of either in, in Young Avengers or in whatever they do with the X-Men, I feel like we're going to get the, we're going to get Miss Marvel as a ritual part of that. Like, I don't know if we're ever going to get a champions run per se in MCU. Because uh, they haven't really given us any of the champions, really. Exactly. But, and I, I feel like that Kevin Feige is like, you know what? The mutants have been here all this time. It's just that we have to be, they walk amongst us. So therefore, we don't know who's a mutant and who's not. They're hiding out yep. among us. So that's what I'm thinking that he's going to do. Instead of just like, um, basically, they come in and everything during Multiverse of Madness. That's not going to happen, I don't think. I don't. Yeah. I think they they just been living among us, and now they're about to be revealed. Yeah. That's where I'm going on. I got a question for you as well. Like, did you see there is a thing, like a Marvel Cruise adventure thing that's going on where no. Ultra? So there's a YouTube video out there, and I'll have to try to send it to you. Uh, where the basically it's Sam Wilson is Captain America. This Marvel shows up. Uh, Ant Man and Wasp have a funny little discussion because Ant Man comes out and he basically says, you know, look, there's a lot of people that ask the question. I heard. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. That's video. all. That's all part of that whole package. So it's Sam Wilson. Uh, Kamala's there, and of course, again, it's funny because she shows up right as Captain Marvel has already left. So she's like, "Oh wait, was Cap Captain Marvel already here? Da -da -da, did I miss her again?" <laughs> and so it's kind of an idea that because the whole reason why the swap's important too is because they still haven't met yet. Right. When the swap occurred. She didn't get to say. Oh, hey, Carol, high five as they're swapping places in between the dimension. <laughs> right. That's going to be something if they fight in battle and then, then Carol's over somewhere else, too. But uh, don't forget, though, too, Kamel is also just discovering her power, so she could actually probably teleport Carol wherever she wants Carol to go, too. So that could actually come in handle, handle in battle. It'll be interesting as well for that. Uh, I'm really curious because I, I can't leave my girl uh, Photon out because she's going to be a part of the Marvels as well, Monica Rambeau from uh, WandaVision. Right. You know, so she'll be a part of that whole thing too. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that movie plays because my hope is that while Carol should be the star of the movie, I hope that they'll put all the focus on Carol and they're just kind of playing the sidekick role. Like I really hope that they get their own minutes to shine during the course of the movie. Same, because I feel like with Monica, you need to have her out front and center. You need to have Carol out there in front up front and center. Well, otherwise, I, otherwise, you're not doing these characters justice. Yeah, and also, I think we need to have that moment where Monica gets to look at Carol and say, my mother died. Where were you? Exactly. You know, you were supposed to be there. You had promised to be there for her anytime she was in need. You weren't there. Like, I... It, you know, and then if she comes back, well, where were you? It's like, oh, I don't know. I disappeared for five years. 
Right. You know, like I apparently got snapped, you know, that's the whole, that's the whole thing there. And I mean, it, the snap is still something that we're seeing the repercussions of. I mean, even just look at it, which I know you've talked about this already, Thor, Love and Thunder, you know, that the whole concept of when Jane is talking to Thor and Jane says, oh, you know, it's been about what, three years. And then Thor's like, well, eight years, 47 days, stuff like that. But yeah, basically the whole idea of the Thor and, um, with, with that going on and then that whole idea of you you not really connecting to the fact that you weren't a part of the world for five years and then to come back into it five years later while these people that were left behind were still trying to deal with all that. So, right, and play catch up. Make everybody yeah. play catch up with each other and stuff. And Carol, yeah, and Carol obviously was with us because that she's she's having those conversations during uh, Endgame. But she didn't get snapped as far as we know. And so, but the fact that Monica did... Well, uh, was it in Endgame where Thor says, oh, that's Jane. She was, she was my ex. Was that in... Uh, yeah, yeah, he says yeah he says that, and that's where they confirmed that she was snapped as well. Okay, yeah, so, so they confirmed. Yeah. So that's the whole point, is that, you know, she... Because in Jane's mind, it hadn't really still registered. Right. She was gone for five years, because she said, oh, about three years or something, right? He's like, well, eight years, da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. And so it's like, you add five to that, you get what you thought it was. Exactly. Well, that's everything that I had wanted to cover as far as Miss Marvel goes, man. I do appreciate you taking the time out of your night and everything to talk about Miss Marvel, doing this Marvel after show, Miss Marvel Marvel after show. But I'd like to, for you to come back for She Hulk with Alex and I. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. That'll be something that's really cool. Now I do got a question for you. Um, now we got Secret Invasion coming up sometime after the Marvels. We got all this stuff coming up with Nick Fury and all this other stuff. Do you think that we get the Marvels in some sort of form in Secret Invasion? I'm thinking that we will. I mean, it makes more sense to actually put it in Secret Invasion than put it into like smaller films or solo films because the Marvels is so much bigger than what people realize, and you need to have the Marvels into something big. So what way to go and do it? is that way. No. Let's say they find out that the scrolls, some of the scrolls, because Carol, of course, was the one to interact with the scrolls really first. You know, Carol and Nick and them are the first ones to really interact with the scrolls. So if you can imagine for a minute that they start finding out that some of the scrolls didn't exactly keep the keep the ways of peace like they said they would. You know, uh, I kind of want to watch this. <laughs> yeah, uh, baby, we'll we'll watch it together. I don't mind revisiting Miss Marvel with you. You can actually yeah. binge all the episodes and everything that's very quickly to get through. So it's yep. fun. So we can actually watch that together. I'd be glad yep. to do that. And remember also to make sure to check out the, because there are a few of the episodes with after credit scenes, so make sure not to miss those. Exactly. Um, so those are important. But yeah, I feel like it's, it's, and I keep hearing people say, you know, that this era of the Marvel movies is, it doesn't feel as connected as the first through the fifth phase, of course, the first or the third phases of the Marvel movies prior. They're really doing a rebuilding, it feels like to me. Well, they have to rebuild their block building blocks because yeah. of all the phases that we went through and those journeys that we went on with every single one of those characters. But also, too, people forget that when they were first doing their phase, it wasn't cohesive right. either. But at the same time, though, it was kind of cohesive in a sense because I even talked about this on my Thor Love and Thunder uh, review, though, too. We still had introductions to other characters, either it was with their weapons or it was like little nods here and there to let you know, hey, look, even Nick Fury made an, made an appearance to say that he's putting together a team. So we knew what we were getting. But with this, we don't really know what we're getting just yet. And right. everybody's wondering what's going on. And so Kevin is going to be making an appearance out in San Diego Comic-Con to make the announcements. This weekend, so that's, yep. yep. So that's when we'll, 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 we'll know is what's cohesive. But for me, it's been kind of a letdown 
like we had one good film, which is uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. And then after that, we had two. So, some people would say, oh, it was just an okay movies. Or they'll be like, eh, it was mediocre. It was okay. It wasn't that, it wasn't for me. You know what I'm saying? But I just didn't really care for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I didn't really care for that film. And then I was totally let down with Thor, Love, and Thunder altogether. Yeah, I feel like the the thing that's going to bring it together, this is just my thousand-point theory here. I don't know how accurate it's going to be. Uh, I feel like Kang is your end point. Uh, they need uh, to do Kang. It makes uh, more sense. Because if you go through and you look at, like, Loki, and you set up the whole thing where he says, if you think I'm horrible, wait till you meet my Barry. And then you start to understand that he's going to show back up in Quantum Mania next year. So right. it's like, why would this villain keep showing up? Now, he's not quite pulling the Thanos duty of showing up at the end of every movie. Thanos didn't even show up at every, at, in every movie. But, but he's the puppeteer. You, you 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 have this idea that he's coming through. Now, somebody said, well, you know, they're going to eventually do Fantastic Four. You could still have Doom get involved with the Secret War. That's fine. That's great. If that's what they want to go. But the ultimate goal, I feel like, is still Kang. Me too. Because, because if you're gonna, do, here's the thing: if you're gonna have a big villain like Doctor Doom, you want to introduce him maybe into next, the next phase. You don't want to have him mixed in with this phase. Right. Otherwise, he's gonna be overshadowing everything, and Kang is just gonna be a smaller villain than what they're trying to set up. When you want Kang, you want to have a big villain to finish off the, your phase, and Kang is actually the best person to actually finish up your phase with. And if you're having an interdimensional Kang war, where the repercussions of what happened with the you know, snap all these multiversal situations, then it feels like Kang is going to be the person that's trying to reestablish a proper timeline. Exactly. Well, that's everything that I had wanted to cover as far as Miss Marvel goes, man. I did, Like I said, I do appreciate you taking the time on your night to do this. I enjoy doing this with you, man. It's always a pleasure to have you on my show. And, Will, tell everybody where they can actually reach you at. All right, so Conversations Behind Dot 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 is the Conversations About Dot 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 is the name of the podcast. Uh, there is a pod page out there. If you do a Google search on Conversations About Dot 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 pod page, you'll be able to pull that link up. It'll have all the episodes available on there. It's also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, it's also available on Amazon. Wherever you can listen to your podcast, we're there. So uh, we're getting close to episode 200. Uh so that's going to be a thing. And John, uh, at some point in the near future, I'm going to need a uh, little video thing from you or audio thing. Just share it about your experience being on the podcast. I'm trying to get everybody that has been on uh, to just come in and be a part of that 200 episode. Thanks, man. I do appreciate the invite. I'll definitely be there. I do appreciate that. For real, man. I'll definitely be there. Uh, but another thing, too, is we just started our Patreon. And we we have a $5 tier. That's the only tier that we have right now. Because we want to see how well this is actually going to go. But it's called patreon.com forward slash movie lovers unite. And for $5, you got... This is actually called our Movie Lovers Request Line. So therefore, you can request any movie that you want us to review, and we'll review it. And then you'll be the first ones to actually get it on on the podcast or on the YouTube channel as well. So if you want that tier, it's only five bucks, and that's not bad, considering nowadays. And if it improves, guess what? We'll add it another tier later on. But that's called Movie Lovers Request Line, and it's actually www.patreon.com forward slash Movie Lovers Night. You can find... All that information in the link below for it for you to guys to enjoy. So, with further ado, that's going to be it for the show and everything. And I do appreciate you once again, Will. And always until next time, guys. 